0: I remember sitting at the table last year having two candles on the table, uh, one for my sister who had lost her life a couple of months before and one for my mother who I thought was dead. Uh, This year uh, my mother again will be alone in New York, although she will go and have a meal with the same cousin who broke the door down last year.
1: On Christmas Day I think I'll probably get up and make a few calls to back home. Australia is 11 hours in front of Ireland at this time of year, so it could be a good time in the morning to ring some friends and family back there. And then at about noon, I'm planning to go down to the 40-foot at Sandy Cove for a swim. Uh, I've been told that this is a great Christmas tradition here in Ireland, so I'm keen to, uh, to give it a go. Grace and her boys will come down and watch, watch me doing my swim, and then we'll probably go our separate ways. Grace will take her boys off. Grace will take her boys off to spend time with their father on Christmas Day. So, I won't be with them for the whole of the day. I'll probably meet up with friends. Um, I might go for a walk in town by myself. You know, it, it will be my first Christmas in Dublin, in Ireland at all. So,
2: actually, I, I, I surely haven't got anything for my children for Christmas, and we are looking forward to it because this is our first Christmas in Ireland. So. Um, I'm planning to get them something, maybe before Christmas, but I don't know yet, because we haven't got enough money. To, because All the money we have now is just for our food. I'm looking forward to get a place of my own, a house, because I don't want to do this Christmas in here. It's frustrating. So it's just difficult, very difficult getting a house in Dublin. Very, very difficult. At times we go from one house to another knocking on their door asking whether there is vacancy or if there is any landlord they can show us, tell us the address so we phone in That's what we keep doing for the past three months now
1: Well here we are at the 40 foot It's a bit cold this morning I'd say it's about zero So we'll see how we go The, the bailey over there You see that coming around? Every about 10 seconds, I'll save you. There it goes. There you go. That'll stop us drowning. Ah. Scuba diving prohibited. Gentleman's bathing place. Lots of layers. That's the secret. <laughs> I've been in Ireland for 18 months. I came here from Australia in May last year. Um, this will, however, be my first Christmas in Ireland because I, uh, I left last Christmas. I went to Venezuela for three weeks. My parents were living in Venezuela at the time. Um, my parents are back in Australia now and my two brothers will be all be there as well and no doubt they'll be having a big family Christmas. And yeah, so I will be a bit sad not to be with them for Christmas. I decided to come to Ireland to live because I'd been here on holidays a few times before and I really liked the country. I spent four months travelling around in 97 and I really liked the people over here. One person in particular, my girlfriend, uh, Grace, in 97 I met her on Tory Island uh, up in Donegal. And, uh, but she's from Dublin, so I moved here to Dublin in May last year, I'm working as a lawyer here in Dublin. I've been lucky enough to uh, to qualify here. I love Grace very much, and I and I hope our relationship continues. And ultimately, I hope that we that we will be living together. But unfortunately, that's not possible at the moment for domestic reasons. Uh, no, I've seen it a lot worse. Grace says it was absolutely phenomenal here. Yes, that was high tide, and like. Huge big waves coming in. People were getting splashed. No one was swimming here. You couldn't have. Although she said there were a couple around at Sandy Cove there where we saw that feather. Because it's a lot calmer around there. Oh wow. just get to the
2: beginning.
0: This uh, little item is something that we associate, I suppose, for the rest of, or will associate for the rest of our lives with Christmas. Um, it comes from two Christmases ago, which was uh, the last Christmas that my sister was alive. And my sister and mother came to Ireland for Christmas that year. And uh, my mother took out this uh, plaster uh, version of a Santa Claus having a bath, and uh, he winds up and he scrubs himself and he sings this little song. (laughs) Uh, My mother took this out with a look of utmost joy on her face uh, because she thought my son, Andrew, would love it. And indeed, she was correct. He does love it. This is our family Christmas It's. It's a sort of jester's hat, like from well. Last years, Christmas, like, um, I I like come. From, I I was in a family. My I had one sister and my parents. And my father died on Valentine's Day after a long uh, bout of Alzheimer's, uh, about two and a half years ago now. Um, my sister died about a year and a half ago, and this had a devastating effect upon my mother. Uh, for whom my sister was her best friend and her companion and the person that she had shared her life with. Even though they were living in separate apartments, they were very close to one another, they were the significant people in each other's life. Uh, So for my mother, um, life has become very difficult and very isolated, and where I would be telephoning her every day, uh, it is not the same thing as actually seeing her on a regular basis. And last year at Christmas time. Um, two days before Christmas, I couldn't get her on the phone, and I didn't think anything much of it because I knew she'd be out shopping or something like that. And I called at the crack of dawn, Christmas Day. It would have been 7, 8 o'clock in the morning there, and I couldn't get her. And all that period, she had been lying on the floor of her bathroom with a broken hip.
2: I've been in Highland for over three months now, and I came from Nigeria. I left Nigeria because, actually, it's because of my husband. Because his father is a chief priest, the Oracle chief priest. And when the man died, that's my father in law, uh, he was asked to take the chieftaincy title, of which he refused totally to take. So there's a lot of pressure on us that is, either our life, it's ever life or death, we take the position. So most of the time, they perform a sacrifice at the f- doorstep of our house. Anyway, they frustrated us that we just have to leave the country. Yeah, I'm living in a hostel. It's just one one room with uh, five people. So we goes out every day looking for house. There is a bunk bed in the room. It nearly occupies the whole room. There is only way there is a space for walking. And uh, the baby sleeps in the carry cot anyway, but I have to fold the carry cot every morning and put under the bed because if I leave the carry cot, there's no way to, for for us to pass, and the other two children sleep up. My husband and I will sleep on the bottom of the bed, and the children sleep up up in the bed. The baby wakes up about four times in the night, and even my next door neighbour they complain that my baby disturbed because he cries a lot in the night. The toilet is awful, because most of the they, most of the time I clean it myself, you know, the toilet, because once the, the other people, once they use the toilet, they just leave it, and my children are using it, I can't allow them to come get disease, you know, so I have to clean the toilet all the time. You can see that I even have a guitar hub there. That's what I use all the time to clean the seats before my children sit on it, because they just urinate on the seat of the toilet. They don't clean it, they don't clean the floor the bath in the bath, they don't wash it. I have to do that all the time, every day. Even I have to get the little one a potty, because I didn't allow him to use the toilet. I didn't allow him. The window is so small. That's just what I have here, but other people, they have a bigger window. Some have a smaller window, depending on the side of the room. Mm, they're so small. Go, my food, I have them in the press downstairs, you know. Because once p- other people started, I go out in the, every week do shopping in the press. When I come back, half of the food is gone. So I have to bring them up in my room. You can see them lying on the floor. So I have to leave them there. This is comfreys. <coughs> this is tea. I have some what we call Semovita Nigeria food and I have onions there, and uh, eggs mm-hmm. under the chair. Can even see where I put my baby, sterilising baby. It's not hygienic at all under the chair, but I haven't got any option. <laughs> so, that's the way we live here.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, we don't we don't really have anything. Quite like this uh, bathing place in Australia that I'm aware of. I'm sure there are places around similar, but I mean, no, normally swimming, swimming uh, back home involves going to the pool or going to the beach, not to a rocky <laughs> hole <laughs> on the on the coast like this. But I mean, my broad. I bring all my visitors down here and they love it. You know, Australians come down here and they say, oh, this is magic. And it is, it's, it's a great sense of community down here, you know, because it's, it's this, um, oh no. Yeah, so this is my flat. It's a box, really. It's one of these modern apartments right opposite St. Patrick's Cathedral. I've only been here for a short time. I was in Dunleary for about a year, uh, but I work in Francis Street which is at the back of my block here, so it's very handy for work to live here. Um, I don't know any of my neighbours. Uh haven't met any of them as yet, except my caretaker. I don't really expect to meet too many people around here. People seem to keep pretty much to themselves. I mean, I suppose I've never lived in a block this big before. Uh, my flat in St Kilda in Melbourne is uh, one of nine, uh, so it's a smaller block and there are communal areas there. Whereas this is, is more anonymous, sort of. Uh, um, well, it's it's more it's more modern and more. I don't know. I don't know who live lives in here really. I mean, I see people coming and going. I don't know whether they're Irish or foreigners like me. <laughs> but um, uh, I think I think I assume that most people living here work in town as I do and, and are here mainly for the convenience. This is my fake fire which I like a lot I have to say it looks very real to me that's probably just because I'm not used to real fires probably looks very fake and tacky to anybody else but there you go there's my big indoor rubber plant which I all of this was here when I moved in nothing's mine really because I mean I, I came over to Ireland last year with my backpack so I wasn't able to fit too much furniture into that or too many books or anything like that. Just a few clothes, really. I've accumulated a bit of stuff since I came, but not much yet. There's my Fatima candle. My Fatima statuette. Presents from my girlfriend's mother. This is St Kilda Pier. This is the big jetty, the big pier in St Kilda, which is the suburb of Melbourne where I live. It's a brilliant... I used to swim out there a bit and that's a cafe out at the end of it. Upstairs, it's a great view out over the bay. It's a magic place. I do miss that, I have to say. When Grace arrived in Melbourne last year and we walked along the shore, foreshore of St Kilda Beach, she said, do you really want to leave all this? <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure you can leave all this behind? Because it is it's a great part of Melbourne. It's a terrific part of Melbourne. A lot of people, I mean, everybody going Oh, beautiful! Oh, oh! Not quite fun, die That's warmer in here than it is out there, I think.
0: Andrew, what are you getting from Santy? us. Uh, maybe a new PlayStation game for my PlayStation. <laughs> You'd be lucky. Yeah, I think he'd be nice enough to get me Crash Team Racing, uh, Tomb Raider 4, uh,
2: Speed Freaks, Dirt, anything. That's a good
0: game. Well, it's not called Dirt anymore. Um. Something racing featuring Ricky Carmichael. Like I, grew, I grew up in uh, Manhattan, the, uh, the uh, very high-rise area of New York, and we lived in a building which was about 20 stories tall, and there were about 20 apartments on each floor. Uh, the space was small but big enough for a family of four, two bedrooms, a living room. kitchen, And uh, we did have a Christmas tree. You could go downstairs and buy your Christmas tree on 2nd Avenue. So there was a ritual of decorating that Christmas tree. Um, And uh, when I came to Ireland about 30 years ago, the Christmas tree was the idea of having a Christmas tree in the house was the one thing that did come with me. If I were trying to put a, a, a finger on the difference of Christmas in America and Christmas in Ireland, um, Christmas in Ireland has always struck me as being more family-oriented, more family-based, uh, and then with outside that, community-based. Um, Manhattan is a place where you don't really play in the streets when you're growing up, and there is much more uh, a sense of isolation in the family unit uh, if you're living in an apartment, um, you, you don't tend to mix a great deal with the other people in the apartment building. You know them to say hello to. Um, I still say hello to people I've known all my life when I'm visiting my mother. Uh, but I have never been inside any of their apartments. Uh, it, it's it's actually not done. You don't tend to invite other people into your apartment. Um A number of people have suggested to me that I bring my mother over to live in Ireland with me or in a house near me. Um, My mother, to begin with, does not want to come to live in Ireland because she has always lived in New York, and she really does not want to come and live in Ireland. But she is also suffering from some confusion, and um, she's not always sure what day of the week it is or other little details like that. And if you take an elderly person out of their familiar environment, where they know everything, where they know the faces, where the language doesn't sound odd or unusual to them, um, they tend to deteriorate very, very quickly. and. It is, I understand from the advice that I have received, and from my own instinct, that it is best to keep her in the world that she knows. Um, She is not really up to independent travel. Um, She would be very, very quickly exhausted by the family life in this happy little household that we have with with the sort of vigorous 19-year-old son and the noisy 11-year-old son, it would all be a bit too much for her, uh, even on a short-term basis. So discussions between herself and myself, which continue every night on on the telephone, uh, have without any difficulty arrived at the conclusion that we would each celebrate Christmas and the Millennium on our separate sides of the Atlantic Ocean. Now, I always have these grand ideas. Christmas crackers are one very popular tradition. Are you ready? Go! They no. Now, I, I will very nicely allow you to have the hat. And whatever that is in there. Those are notebooks. I, I rather like the smell of gunpowder. <laughs> it appeals to me. These are notebooks. Oh, notebooks. Well, you can write your memoirs in them then. There you go. Now, there's your hat. Yay. Okay. Now, are we going to bring in the Christmas tree? I suppose so. Maybe we'll get the muscles to do that. Muscles?
2: Yes. <laughs> yes, Richard? I I do miss my mommy, <laughs> most especially. Because my whole my, my day's son is with her. Stay with my mommy. I can't even give her a call since I've been in Ireland. <laughs> it's too expensive. Once I buy, buy a, you know, this, this phone card of uh, 10 pounds, before they went and called her, the card is gone. When well, I tried that two times, so I, I stopped. So expensive, even calling Nigeria from here. People are friendly, but the other side, I don't know, some of them are not really friendly. You can even see the impression on their face. Once you get in, into the bus, the way they look at you, with horrible face. So they will turn their face one side. If you even say, good, uh, hello, good morning, because in Nigeria, once you see elderly people, you greet them, good morning, good afternoon. Some of them feel difficult to answer you. I don't know why. They will just turn their face one side. I find it lonely, yeah. Very lonely. I don't think it's the room actually I think it's the cigarette. the cigarette downstairs they smoke even in the room when you lock the door you can still smell the cigarette inside the room you can still smell the cigarette even if you lock the door so and the doctor advised me to keep them away from cigarettes but there's no way I can do it because even if I shut the door if I shut the door the cigarette still smells inside And I can't lock them in twenty-four hours. They have to go downstairs in the living room to play. But there are a lot of smoker there. So actually there's no place for them to to play. So we just I just lock them inside the room all the time or take them out. My husband, when he wakes up in the morning, he just bath and goes out looking for house house and he comes back in the evening, you know and I have to prepare for myself, I swear, with the children and go out again looking, so anybody may be lucky. That's what we do every day. We hardly see him at all.
1: This is the person you should be interviewing. This is the real, the authentic Sandy Coast tour. He probably comes down here every day. How you doing? <laughs> oh, He's naked, so he didn't want to stop for a chat. It's not a month now till Christmas, so I'm sure it'll be a lot colder here by then, but uh couldn't sure it couldn't be too much colder, <laughs> so uh it'll be a bit of fun. Just a quick dip, just to be able to say you did it. Uh. Oh. See ya. oh, every day they come. You know, I was thinking that the sort of anonymity of living in those city flats. It's very different to, to where I was in Dunleary. There was a residence association in the little estate where I lived, and they were quite active. They'd organise masses and get togethers, you know.
0: I hope it will be a, a, a more peaceful occasion. I will actually have um, a candle on the table that was from uh, the funeral uh, last September of my sister, uh, where she had a, there was a memorial service and an internment of body parts, because when you die in an air crash, um, you don't really have bodies, you have body parts, and there was a candle lit at this ceremony for each of the 229 victims and I brought the candle that my son had carried at that service for my sister and we'll have that on our table at Christmas this year. I don't
2: know because we don't even have friends so I don't know how we're going to celebrate it. Maybe we just sit at home or decide to just go out to the park, I don't know yet because we don't have any friends in Highland. But back home is quite different because I, during Christmas I prepare a lot of food, we invite friends, take the children to work for the Christmas and their Santa Claus, you know. But yeah, I don't know. The HSO once one said I should get him a, he insisted I get him a computer, a PlayStation, but I haven't got money for that. So I told him I would get him a new shoe and a shirt and a jeans for Christmas. So that's all I promise. And for the other one, for the two years old, two and a half years old, I pro- promised him a teddy, and a trainers. I'm not going to second hand shop because my children is not happy with that. So they are not happy. For Christmas, I just have to get them new now I just have to mm-hmm, maybe go on, on grass strike for one week because it's the, the money they pay, the social pay us for for feeding. So I have to take out of that to buy them, because they really they want something for Christmas and I just have to get them something for Christmas. Maybe by next Christmas we'll be in a house. I'm a Christian. This isn't a Christian living in a condition like this at a Christmas period. You know.